All right, guys, before we get started today, I want to let you know that you can try YouTube TV for free and get access to 85 plus live TV channels, unlimited DVR space, and game day features like key plays. Just be sure to record the game and then use the key plays view right in the YouTube TV app. Catch up on all the highlights you may have missed. Plus, you can cancel at any time with no hidden fees. That's a touchdown. YouTube TV, try it free, new users only, terms apply, cancel anytime. What's up, guys? Welcome into a very special free agency edition of Chargers Weekly. Joined by Matt Money Smith, and I'm not going to bury the lead. That T-shirt is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Can you please stand up and show the folks on St. Patty's Day, first day of March Madness, what you were working with? So this is uh, courtesy of my friend Dave Cardona, who does uh, individual shirts. He's got one of these cool printers that'll just knock out whatever you want. And we're doing a remote today, Petros and I out at um, Hollywood Park Casino right next to SoFi for St. Patrick's Day and for tournament time and all that. So I was like, dude, we need a green UCLA shirt. I have this green Dodgers hat that we were at uh, spring training for St. Patrick's Day and the Dodgers were playing. So they sold all this green Dodger gear and it's awesome. And I was like, we got to get green UCLA gear. So my man Dave jumped into action. He's like, I'll come up with something for you. And so he got us the UCLA with the freaking fighting Mick Cronin and uh, calls it Mick Madness. Mick I mean, Madness. how does Mick not have – you know, he gets a six-year extension on uh, St. Paddy's Day. He's, of course, a proud Irish-American. So uh, we're stoked. We're stoked that we're, uh, we're part of the UCLA world. You know, they're on our station along with the Chargers. So uh, it's a good day. It's a great day for us. We're talking about all these free agent signings, and we got UCLA starting their march back to the Final Four. Had to get that out of the way first because, yeah. I mean, come on, Mick Madness. On. Mick Madness. Listen, uh, Mac Madness – in Costa Mesa, Khalil Mack, a Charger Good man. Transition. Good transition. We have Chris. we have so many. Yeah, listen, I try. You're a pro. Come on, you're a pro. We we got we got so much to talk about, but I want to start with Khalil, his presser. Um, I think it got a lot of people fired up because he was very understated. He said, "Listen, I want to show you. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to do it." Uh, and I can appreciate that. And I'm just so excited to see him and Joey Bosa on the field together. Yeah, he joined, uh, he joined Petros to me after the presser, and it was great. Same deal. Just very matter-of-fact. You know, can't wait to get out there. You had him um, – let me, let me just say this, though, because yeah. you had him cutting up. I, he sat down with us at CBSLA right before, and he, you, he was on the phone with you guys, and he was laughing hard about something. You, yeah. had, you said something to him that, that made him – uh, It was Petros when he brought him on. He said, you know what, he's such a big star – LeBron will probably give him one of those five-minute hugs if he ever sits courtside at a Laker game. <laughs> that got him going. <laughs> so um, the one thing that, you know, look, he said a lot of great things, but the one thing that really got me was, and I'm sure it came up in the presser too, and I don't know if he, he gave the same answer because we were doing the radio show when it was happening, but um, he, we asked him about Coach Staley and, you know, what it was like as his position coach, and he kind of walked through the connection they made immediately because – and I had forgot how that trade went down – to Chicago. And he's like, you know, when I got traded, I had to play the Packers like, like immediately. He's like, so coach Staley sat down with me and we just poured over film and he got me ready. And I was kind of nervous and anxious and I wasn't sure, you know, I, I knew how much the green Bay Packer game meant to bear fans. And so I've got all this going on. He's like, and man, that, that was our moment. Like we connected 
And that moment, and he's been my guy ever since. He's like the first speech he ever gave in our position group room. He's like, I want to run through a door for that guy. So pretty stoked um, that, that Coach Staley, you know, I mean, look, credit to Tom and his, his team. And, and no doubt Coach Staley was a big reason why, because he worked with him. Khalil Max now a charger. And, man, it's you said it. I mean, Bose on one side, Mack on the other. Holy cow, what, what fun that's going to be. His first four years with the Raiders, second four years with the Bears. And he said, you know, obviously when you get traded, it's it's a little bit of a surprise. And you have to process the fact that you're not going to be in a city that you, you poured your heart into for the last four years. But he understood that it's a it's a new administration in Chicago. And the fact that Brandon Staley was his position coach and is now his head coach. You look at the pieces around him. He had a lot of really good individual pieces in Chicago around him. Uh, I venture to say this may be the best in terms of individual pieces that he'll have around him with Joey on one side, Derwin in the secondary, JC Jackson. Um, the one thing I asked him money that, that I was, I was curious about was just his ability to stop the run. And he's talked about, you know, that's as big of a part of his game as anything. And he had this awesome quote. He said, me and coach Staley talk about the fact that you got to get bloody before you can actually start to get your money. So that means stopping the run, having that mindset that we got to do that first. And if we do that, then we can pin our ears back and get after the quarterback. And um, the Chargers struggles on run defense was, was well-documented uh, last year. And I, I just feel like that's the underrated part of all this is yes, he's going to get after quarterbacks in the West and beyond, but uh, I, I really think he's going to help shore up that run defense. No doubt. Look, I, I, to me, we've talked about it, you know, for years now, uh, Joey's the best all around defensive lineman in the game, you know, not just defensive end. He's not the best pass rusher. He's not the best edge. He's the best defensive lineman in the game all around. You know, if you want to talk about pinning years back, getting the, getting the quarterback off the edge, you want to talk about stopping the run, the way he tracks backs down from the backside. If they get loose and break contain on the other side, it's unlike any guy we see his size. So, now you got that on one side and you have a premier pass rusher. And like Max said, that was something that was preached to him from day one uh, about stopping the run on the other. But there's, you know, we used to say it with, and it's nothing against Melvin Ingram, an awesome football player. We used to say, how do you, you know, pick your poison. You know, you want Melvin, you want Joey, you can't double them both. Well, now Melvin's turned into Khalil Mack. And I mean, it's, it's incredible. Like it is incredible what, those two guys are going to be able to do because of the inability. You can't, you can't throw a tight end on both sides and stop. You want enough guys out in the pattern. Like, I mean, it's, it is incredible. Um, what, what, like I said, the front office, Tom and, and his team and, and coach Staley have, have put together and their vision of what they want this defense to look like after a disappointing season. And look, this is back-to-back -back years now for Tom Telesco. You know, the offensive line was a mess two years ago. They went into the off season with a plan and talk about executing a plan. They got the best center in football, and Corey Lindsley made him the highest-paid center. They filled in around him with Abushi and Filer, who both played great football. Unfortunately, Abushi got hurt, uh, and then they draft Rashawn Slater. Fixed. Offensive line fixed. Um, you know, and now to, to attack the defense the way they have, I have no, no doubt Charger fans have to be beyond excited uh, about what's to come now that they've been able to get some anchors you know, that's what we talked about last week before free agency, Chris, was, you know, I, I envisioned it looking like it did last year. I was wrong. They doubled up. You know, the fact that they got Mac and J.C. Jackson, I was like, you know, I could see one blue chip and then let's fill in around him. I was hoping that that blue chip was going to be a corner. 
they end up getting the best corner of the last, you know, at least the player that's played the best at cornerback at the position the last three years. Uh, and then they also get Khalil Mack. It's, it's incredible what they were able to put together this offseason. The AFC West now with pass rushers, dude. <laughs> Chandler Jones, Max Crosby. You know, I consider Chris Jones like a defensive tackle who gets after the quarterback, Frank Clark, and then Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. I mean, the division should be on prime time maybe half the year, you know, just between. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> we said that last week. We said, look, minimum five for the Chargers. Yeah. Minimum five. You know, the most you can have is six. Now, I don't think they can put all uh, four NFC, AFC West teams in prime time six times, but they're going to figure out a way. And I would assume CBS is going to have a lot to say about them trying to pluck these these AFC West games for Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football because <laughs> they're going to be like, no, this is what we pay for. We got billion-dollar contracts too, and we want Tony Romo and Jim Nance on Chargers Chiefs, on Raiders Broncos, on Chargers Bronco. Like that's – it's going to be incredible. It's going to be – and, you know, Khalil Mack said something too. Uh, I asked him about, you know, just in, in the past, how many times have you seen – uh, Patrick and, and Russell Wilson and, and obviously, you know, Derek Carr. And he just said, you know, it's funny. Everybody's talking about uh, it's, a, it's a grind. It's a gauntlet. He goes, man, this is what I want. He goes, this is what I signed up for. He's like, man, this is, he goes, if you, if you love football, this is, this is exactly the way you want it to lay out. You know, you want to go get Russell Wilson. You want to go get Patrick Mahomes. He's like, that's what you play this game for to take on the best and to be better than them. And he's going to have an offense like he's never had before with, with Justin Herbert leading the charge. And he said I, I, he respects Justin Herbert's talent, but he appreciates his mindset more than his talent. And I asked him, like, what do you mean by that? And I almost feel like they're very like-minded, Bunny. Like, like Justin doesn't beat his chest and say, look at me as the quarterback. He just he has that mindset of he wants to beat you um, and he wants to do it very, very understated. And, and I feel like him and Mac are almost kind of kindred spirits in that regard is they just, they just want to do their work and show you what they're going to do as opposed to talk about it and, and make a big deal about it when it doesn't matter like the off season or when it doesn't matter um, after a game or before a game um, between the white lines is, is when I feel like both those guys are, are at their best, obviously. Um, but the, the defensive line as a whole, and you mentioned it, I, I, I feel like Staley, he's getting guys. He, he really thinks can thrive in his system and today as we take this Sebastian Joseph Day and uh, Austin Johnson are going to have their pressers and those are two guys man talk about stopping the run they automatically make this defense so much better we, we talk about Joey and, and Mac on uh, on the edges I mean these two dudes in terms of stopping the run huge upgrades no doubt you know, look, Austin Johnson, second round talent, a Penn State guy. I mean, really talented interior defensive lineman and played really good football on an incredibly underrated because the offense was so bad, New York Giants team. But Patrick Graham had that defense humming, and, and Johnson was a big part of it. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day, when he was healthy before he blew his pack out, um, also an important part. And look, that's the one thing. It worked for Gus. You know, we made fun. Of, I, don't, I shouldn't say we made fun, but everybody kind of got a chuckle out of Gus going to the Raiders and bringing over, you know, the, the Phylon and Perriman and Faison and Hayward. And now he's got him going. Now he's got Yannick Ngakwe going to Indy. Like, but 
when defensive coordinators work that closely with players and they know players that are difference makers, they want them. They're like, look, I've been around this guy. I know his practice habits. I know how he executes in my scheme. Now there is a flip side to that where they might overlook more talented players for guys that they're comfortable with, but that's not the, I, I don't get the sense that that's the case. You know, Joseph day was effective for, for Brandon Staley two years ago on the best defense in football. So, you know, and look, who knows if he's a starter or if he's a depth piece, you know, for all we know, maybe Fajoko is ready to take the step. He played yeah. great when he was, when he was called upon to play interior line. So, and also I think it's important to remember, you know, just how much better those interior linemen are going to be now with Khalil Mack on one side. I mean, the fact yeah. that they're going to have one-on-ones inside, you know, and another year in the scheme, you know, for guys to settle in tranquil, to be healthy. Remember, let's not forget about how good Amon looked as a rookie an undrafted free agent rookie. So I think that's what's also to remember. It's not just, you know, it's not just Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, but it's also another year after finally, you know, getting some legitimate rotation play for Braden Fajoko, another year for Ogbong Bamiga, another year for Kenneth Murray. You know, we know how good Drew Tranquil is, you know, Cole Christensen played well when he was called upon. Like, you know, that's, that's kind of what I, what I think some people overlook Chris Rumpf, you know, I'm, I know I'm doing the name salad right now, but yeah. like those guys are going to be better. They now know what an NFL season looks like, what it feels like, what kind of condition they have to be in, how quickly their mistakes are exploited. Um, and that's all stuff they learned, you know, for the most part last year. So you, you add in the pieces that were, that are new with the pieces that are more experienced and I really like this group. I really, really like what this group's going to look like, but like what this group is going to look like. You hope that Jerry, too, you know, as a pass rusher on third down, when you have him in, on the interior, I mean, listen, he's a pretty good pass rusher from the interior. I mean, I, I think run defense, um, you got guys that, that are really going to help there. But uh, I also look at Jerry to go with Joey and Khalil on third down. Let's say it's third and 10, third and 12. Um, it's another guy who can get after the quarterback. You mentioned Chris Rumpf. And we always talk about the rush and cover working together. When you bring in J.C. Jackson, man, nobody has more interceptions. Uh, Chargers Communications had, I think, nobody in their first four years has had more interceptions than J.C. Jackson in like four decades. He has the most picks, 25, since coming into the league in 2018. And this was a, a Chargers defense that I believe only had 11 last year. Um, Derwin, Kaiser, and Asante each had two, which was the team lead. So to bring in yeah. a guy like that, to go with Khalil Mack, um, I, I think it sets up for success. Well, it, and I think the, the important thing is sometimes interceptions can be misleading. Um, you know, it's just you know, sometimes you get lucky. You know, there's a bunch of tips and you happen to be in the right spot. Go back if you have the opportunity and watch J.C. Jackson's interceptions. You know, some of them, there's a couple in there that are tips, but for the most part, this is a dude that has vision. He has vision. He has incredible burst uh, to jump routes. He tracks the ball well. He's got great hands like those. And, and look, when you have that many, you know it's not fluky. But it's the, like I, I think back to the, you know, the Chicago Bear days, and I remember um, – you know, that incredible defense that should have won a Super Bowl, but their offense was so completely inept, um, you know, with Erlacher and Lance Briggs. But uh, I remember Mike Brown getting a lot of shine as a safety because he had, I think he led the league in interceptions. They were all fluky interceptions. It was all, you know, pass rush, 
or just incredible yep. play by the linebackers and, and balls just kind of got tipped and found their way into his hands. And it's like, wow, this guy led the league in interceptions. Yeah. Different. JC Jackson is an interception machine. Um, and like you said, when you pair a pass rush, it's what, you know, it's, it's a, it's a football um, it's football vernacular. You hear it though, but they talk about a connected defense when the back is connected to the front, man, that's when you can really get humming. And when you have a front, that's going to get after it to now have an opportunistic backside, what I think, like Chris, to be honest, the one, the JC Jackson is going to be great. The thing I'm most excited about, I, I'm just dying to see Nasir take that step that we have seen. We've seen him track these balls and get so close on how good he was at Delaware at, at intercepting the ball. Like, I think he's the one that's not being mentioned enough um, about how this new pack, you know, having Khalil Mack out there is going to benefit him. And hopefully this is the year he, because he played better last year than the year before. Yeah. You know, but I'm hoping this is the year where he kind of takes that step into being what a lot of us thought he could be in the and truly when he was drafted. I remember DJ saying this is the perfect compliment to Derwin James. This guy is a ball hawk. So I'd love to see that this year. Yep. Second year in Staley's defense and money. I just think about Derwin, what this means for Derwin. Like he was spread so thin last year. These additions allow him to be all over the field. Like he he can be Derwin James first team all pro from his rookie season, um, as opposed to having to, I feel like be everywhere last year and and really take on so much. Now, do you think he could play a little more free and and just be Derwin James? Yeah, Not you know, he I, wasn't last year. Obviously, no, no, I know but, what you mean. I totally know what you mean. Because um, look, he he was responsible to some degree as a pass rusher. You know, they, 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 they relied on him a lot to kind of come up with that big sack or that big stop behind the line of scrimmage. And, and he's, he excels at that. But I, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, do you, you had to have him on the line of scrimmage because of how bad the run defense was, you know, and, and you were just like, if only we could just truly use him like that queen on the chessboard and move him any direction as far as you want for whatever you think that particular play dictates. And I think speaking to what what you're kind of alluding to, that's can Derwin just have free reign, you know, Troy Polamalu style, right? When Troy was just, you know, he was free to go wherever he wanted, you know, what do you see? You, we trust your eyes, go get it. And I think last year, first year in, in Brandon Staley's defense, it's not going well. They're last on third down. They're last against the run. I think a lot of that led to Derwin, maybe not cutting loose as much as, as you would have liked to see. And I think that's what you're speaking to. And yeah, when you have better players out there uh, and more talent, doing their job at their position and allows Derwin, I think, to excel, you know, by being the most, one of the most versatile, if not the most versatile defender in all of football. Yeah, no question. I just, I, I'm so excited to see Derwin play with Khalil Mack, with Joey Bosa, with JC Jackson. And, you know, you talk about some of these guys, you lit, rattled off a bunch of them, you know, guys like Nazir Adderley, uh, Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr. Taking that next step in year two, hopefully uh, injury free and, and on the field. I mean, the, the secondary is really shaping up. And, and I think sometimes when you look at some of the disappointments from last year, there's positives because guys got reps, guys played right. and, and rookies and undrafted guys got valuable snaps that will hopefully help them in year two so I, I just I, I don't know how different the defense is going to look in terms of the stats but I mean shoot man when you upgrade the way that they've upgraded um, I think really just starting with the run if they can stop the run on first and second down 
and give Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack third and long opportunities, that's where they're going to make their money. And, and I yeah. think offensively too, just control the ball, control the ball and keep these defensive players fresh. Yeah. I think, you know, just going back to what we talked about last few weeks, you know, the, the signing of JC Dak Jackson, and they already mentioned it. They planted that seed because they, I understand what they're doing. They don't want it to look like a demotion. It's not, you know, teams are in, are in 11 personnel more than any other formation. So you need a nickelback. And, and I mean, the idea that, that Asante is, is being demoted by putting the slot. No, that is as important and yeah. is, uh, as any position on the field, you know, with the way, the fact that three receivers are out there on 80% of the plays for most of these teams. So to me, that just bringing in Jackson and having those two big corners now on the outside and, and Mikey and, and, and JC, and then being able to have, and look, you know, credit to Chris Harris fighting through a ton of injuries, but it's clear, you know, Chris's best football was behind him. You know, he was on the, the downhill of his career, um, fought through it, still made some great plays, but, now you upgraded that spot. Now you've upgraded the slot corner because you're able to push Asante inside, you know, and you can have Mike Davis and, and JC on the outside. Well, now, now you got depth that you're working with, you know, especially if there's a corner sitting there at 17 um, or if they're comfortable getting, you know, if they can find themselves another corner in the draft, like there's, you know, it's, we talked about depth, man. You know, I forgot Jerry Tillery, you know, because there's just, there's now depth that, that you feel a lot better about. Chenna goes to Seattle. I mean, I, I'm happy for him. I, you know, yeah. hometown kid who has never really left LA uh, gets a, a two-year deal. And, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for him to shine in Seattle, but we'll miss him here. No doubt. Look, I'm happy for him. Um, I, I had heard there were some people sniffing around and there might've been some big money out there, but 20 million bucks, big money. You know, I know it's a short deal, but uh, I have some friends that are Seahawks fans and you know, I was letting them know, look, you got one, man. This dude can play. The sacks are not there, but the pressures, the hits are there. You can see him beating his guy uh, and getting into the backfield. And maybe it just let down because, you know, again, they had some issues with the defense not being connected last year. But um, people were worried like, oh, he's coming from the 3-4 outside linebacker. No, that dude excelled in Gus's defense, you know, when they were playing a 4-3 and he was an end. So uh, no doubt. I'm sure, you know, Pete's obviously still got the connections at USC. He knows what an incredible, you know, young man, not so young anymore. You know, I've been in the league for four years, but what an incredible guy Chenna is. And uh, they've been looking for pass rush forever, you know, be it through free agency or through the draft. And, you know, I hope for Chenna's sake, he, he's as good as I think he's going to be up there and, and ends up, you know, having that second year torn up and gets himself a five or six year deal after this season. Chargers also reportedly signed a, uh, a long snapper. And Josh Harris and, yeah. you know, from a special teams perspective, man, it's, I think it's a nice start, you know, as, as they continue to, to rebuild this unit. And if that third phase can, can give them something this year, that's the difference between making the playoffs and not. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend like I, uh, I can evaluate long snappers, but <laughs> listen, come um, on, buddy. I want, I want three plays, three of your favorite I did, plays. Uh, <laughs> I did talk to somebody uh, on the chargers who said, Hey, this isn't going to make any waves, but this guy's really good. He's probably, he's the best long snapper in the league. And, you know, we've talked about special teams and how wrong things have gone over the past few years, block punts, missed field goals. And they always talk about the operation. You know, it's not just the specialist. It's not just the kicker and the punter, but it's the snapper and the holder. And a lot of times people forget how important that is. I thought Matt Overton did a great job last year uh, when he filled in, um, you know, for, um, Geez, why am I? Why is it Mazza, right? Mazza, cool Mazza. 
exactly when Cole went down. Um, but you know, Matt's old. You know, he's on uh, toward, toward the back end there, and um, excited that that the person I talked to is excited about this because he was like, it's it's crazy that you know to say, but this guy's really really good, and I think that's evidenced by the fact that they gave him five million bucks. Um, you know, and a, and a long-term deal, which you don't typically see for, for long snappers. They're usually just year to year, but I think it speaks to how good this guy is. And I'm anxious to see, you know, they, they signed Dustin Hopkins to that long-term deal. Um, so now I think the one thing that's, that's left is, you know, returner, you know, is it, is it, who's, is it gonna, are they gonna run it back um, with what they had last year? Um, or are they still on the lookout for, for punter and punt returner? Because we know those are two positions that are technically open right now. All right, guys, a quick break to let you know that you can try YouTube TV for free and get access to 85-plus live TV channels, unlimited DVR space, and game day features like key plays. Just be sure to record the game and then use the key plays view right in the YouTube TV app. Catch up on all the highlights you may have missed. Plus, you can cancel at any time with no hidden fees. That's a touchdown. YouTube TV, try it free. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime. So, obviously, it's been busy in L.A. with the Chargers. Free agency has been insane, man. What has stood out to you? Obviously, the AFC West, just going toe-for-toe with quarterbacks and pass rushers has been a a huge storyline. But there's just so much going on around the league. Um, I know you've been in the building NFL Network. What's stood out the most through the first week of free agency? Well, I, I don't think there's any question. It's Russell Wilson. You know, the fact that that the Seahawks opted to move on from a Super Bowl champion, from a perennial MVP contender, even though he's never actually won one. But you talk about the success uh, they've had in Seattle and um, the willingness to move on from that. You just you, you never see it. It's it doesn't happen. You know, I mean, think back to the last time it happened. It doesn't. It just I mean, the only thing I can think of that's that's close is Jay Cutler, you know, who had a really good season with the Broncos and they opted to move on from him to the Bears and got a couple first round picks for it. But like it just so like that's the thing that's really uh, what really surprised me. I didn't I knew that Aaron Rodgers wasn't going anywhere. There's no way you trade a back to back MVP. It just doesn't happen. So that I, I knew he was standing in in green bay and i had just assumed that they would figure it out in seattle so that not only did they trade him but they traded him to an offensive roster that's really good yeah. uh the, i mean the the broncos are really talented and they did not have to give up any of their big three receivers and, and you know they have hamler they have patrick they have sutton and judy of course uh they kept albert O at tight end even though they had to give up fant who's a really good player but having javante at the running back position uh, like Man, that is a stacked team. So, you know, how good their secondary is on defense. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I still think they're going to take a step back without Vic Fangio. He's just that good of a defensive mind. Um, and look, Nate, Hack- Nate Hackett's a first-year head coach. So I'm not crazy about the, the fit, by the way, of Russell Wilson. It's just it's very similar to what, you know, Pete's tried to do in the past with, with Wilson, and he just he just won't do it. You know, he does not want to get rid of the ball quick and he wants to pat, 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 pirouette, 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 throw down field, you know, and that's just not how Nate Hackett coaches. It's not how Shane Waldron wanted to coach. It's not how Shadi wanted to coach when he was up there. So it's going to be interesting to, to see if, if Russell can change his stripes 
um, and, and start, you know, like Aaron Rodgers did, you know, and that was what Aaron Rodgers was like before Nate Hackett and Matt LaFleur got there. He was pat, 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 hold, hold, hold. And they were like, you've got to change. And it produced back-to-back MVPs. So that's something that's going to be asked of Russell Wilson. So that's like, to me, that's the thing that jumped out the most. I'm encouraged uh, that it looks like Deshaun Watson is not going to be in the AFC <laughs> after telling the Browns he's, uh, he's not going there. So yeah, as, as good. We, you know, I'm sure by the time we get this out to the folks, you may have had an answer on where Deshaun Watson is, but right, as, as of now, yeah. as we taped this, you said he's, he's told the Browns no, and it looks like the, uh, the Saints. AFC South is in contention, yeah. right? Uh, Saints or Atlanta seem to be the two that are, that are being focused on. So, um, you know, we already got enough great quarterbacks <laughs> in the AFC. Um, so, you know, it sounds like he's going to get out of there. But, you know, when you look at, at the Chargers opponents, and I'm just going to pull them up right now, so just so I have uh, – so I have pulling them up. It was funny because when we when we taped the pod last week, the Mac news I think broke like a couple hours after. Oh yeah, we put the exactly. video up and people are like, "Do you guys realize that? Uh, you know, you're not talking about Mac." But yeah, we, we, it wasn't it wasn't happening. Yeah, I mean, so it so it said. Mean, well, you know, money was talking about Carson Wentz and you know Washington not ha- or Washington going after a rookie quarterback. So this had to have been before the Wentz news. And so yeah. like, I can't keep anything current, man. Exactly. It's it, there's a lot. I mean, yeah, especially with moving parts like that. You know, who's by the time we get done with this, that look, the Colts are we're going to Indianapolis to play the Colts. You know, who's going to be the quarterback when we're taping this? As of right now, they have no quarterback. You know, when we finish taping this, who knows? Maybe Baker Mayfield's in Indianapolis. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is in Indianapolis. No idea, you know, how that's going to shake out. But as I'm looking at the opponents, like what stands out to me, and we brought this up before, we're going to see Chenna. We play the NFC West. We know how good that division is. You had three teams in the playoffs last year. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see what Arizona looks like if they can get over their issues with Kyler or how that that plays out. you know, we obviously have all the AFC West opponents, but play the Browns, play the Falcons. If that's where Deshaun Watson ends up going, yep. you know, Casey Hayward Dolphins. is there now. We just figured exactly out. our old friend alert. So we're going to see him in Atlanta. Um, the Dolphins spent a lot of money and have a new head coach and they're crafting that building that, you know, that that offense and his image with Alec Ingold, the fullback going there. And and with uh, Raheem Mostert, who excelled under Mike McDaniel as their their running game coordinator in, in San Francisco. That's going to be a tough squad. Um, you know, play the Super Bowl champs, you know, playing the Rams. So happy to see Von Miller in Buffalo, although I won't be singing that tune in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. So there's uh, it's look, man, it's it's going to be fun. I tell people this all the time, you know, when and, and this goes back to, to last year. I'll make this analogy, you know, last year. And look, the Dodgers didn't win the World Series. It stunk. I thought it was BS the way that they stack the playoffs, you know, and the fact that they had to be a wild card with the second best record in the league. That was ridiculous. But. I said, you don't, you don't want three game sweep, four game sweep, four game sweep, or four, you know, winning five games. You don't remember that. You don't remember that. That's not something that will stay with you for the rest of your life. What stays with you is this incredible run, you know, five game series, seven game series, seven game series. Like those are the things you remember. Lakers, Celtics in the 80s, game seven, magic playing center. Like that's the stuff. If that was Magic playing center in game five and they won four to one, it'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It was so crazy. He played center. And he, no, that's that's not what it is. And I think that's what's so great about this upcoming season. This has a chance. You know, it has a chance to be one of the greatest uh, that any football fan and Charger fan is is going to have have been part of 
in a long, when you just think about those playoffs, if they can punch that ticket to the tournament, you know, and, and one week it's the chiefs and the next week it's the bills and, you know, it's the Titans with Derrick Henry or whatever it might be like, it's a yeah, super bowl against the Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, or it's just, it's so stacked right now. Uh, and it's going to be incredibly competitive and the schedule is going to be incredibly hard. On a smaller scale too, if you just look at it from like an AFC West perspective, if you get out of that division, get into the tournament, you will have earned it. No yeah. doubt. Like no they're going to beat up on each other. And just like any other season for all 32 teams, there's going to be peaks and valleys. There may be a tough stretch. There may be a stretch where you get on a roll and win a bunch of games in a row. Um, but this AFC West, man, whoever gets out of it, you will have earned it. No question about it. And I think it, it just, it, it brings, you know, the importance to you better win games you're supposed to win. There is no yeah. room for yeah. hiccups, no room for a Houston loss, no room for an Atlanta loss. Or, you know, if you feel like you're considerably better than the Seahawks because they're rebuilding and they don't have that quarterback, you know, like the, you better win those games because the, the ones, like you said, it's going to be a street fight. Every one of those AFC West division contests. God, I'm so excited, dude. We, we yeah. have so much more to go, though. Like the second and third wave of free agency, like the Chargers aren't done. Like no. there may be moves today. Uh, there may be moves tomorrow. Um, and they have not we, touched the offense. You know, they're, they're, they're we didn't talk zero. about the offense today. Yeah, I mean, they did, you know, they, they did EFAs for, you know, Guyton, Parham, you know. But outside of that, there's, you know, the, don't know. Are they looking at a running back? Are they looking? Is there a right tackle out there? Are they going to take a shot with? with Trey, you know, because they were impressed with what he did in his two starts last year about the draft. You know, we got the draft coming up and that's the great thing about free agency when you can execute your plan and get the guys that you target is it frees you up in the draft to truly take the best player available. You know, I think at this point, um, look, I'd love to see a right tackle, uh, nothing against Storm or Trey, but I think if you can get a little bit of depth there, considering what it looked like last year, I think that'd be, you know, hopefully a Bushy's healthy and they can bring him back. That'd be awesome to, to settle that guard position. And I have a feeling that that's going to happen or else I don't think they would have let Quest go. Um, I, I, that that's just kind of where my head is. The fact that, that they let Quest go just on a one-year deal to Houston. I think if they didn't feel like they had that right guard position figured out and if Ibushi wasn't tracking toward being healthy and bringing him back, I think you would have seen them match that deal for whatever it was, a million, two million bucks. Um, so that's, you know, and it brings into the, and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, if you can settle that right side of the line, well, now with pick 17, you can go wherever you want. You know, you can go defensive line depth, you can go corner, you can go wide receiver, you know, and, and it's not a big deal. If Alave's sitting there or, or one of these guys is sitting there, you know, Jameson, uh, you know, it's like it, it, you can go wherever you want. Um, because you've kind of been able to fill your needs and just take the best player on the board. And, you know, this is the splashy week, but this second and third wave, we, we talked about Brandon Staley saying he wants a deep team, he wants a complete team. That's where you make your team deep and complete in this second and third wave of free agency. And Tom has done really well in, in the past during this stretch of of March and going into April yeah. so that, that's what I'm on the lookout for now is like how do you fill out the roster here not only defensively but like you said we haven't even touched the offense yet maybe there's a running back maybe there's a veteran running back a right tackle another wide receiver who knows what they'll do um but you know special teams guys too guys who are veterans who who have played teams 
who know what to do and know what to expect in that third phase of the game. Those are the guys I'm kind of looking for over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. One of the things, um, one of the things I, I think is really in play is um, pick 17 for a quarterback, you mm-hmm. know, just because that's kind of your sweet spot, right? If you don't want to spend a top five pick on Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or Matt Corral, whomever your guy is like, that's you know, the Lions got picked 32. It's like, if you want to, you might be able to get that second round back. You know, if you want to go from 17 all the way back to, to 32, or if the Steelers want to jump up from 20, maybe you pick up an extra third, you know, to account for the second that you traded for Khalil Mack. Well, now you're whole, you know, now you're, you're whole on your draft board. Um, so that's, that's also something that, that I would keep an eye on is, you know, if they, cause it is a deep O-line class, it's a deep wide receiver class. So when, you know, tight end, there's probably not going to be a tight end that goes in the first round, but there will be a tight end that goes in the second round, maybe a couple of them, yeah. uh, you know, McBride or whomever it may be. That's the first one off the board. Like, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if they may have a guy that's circled or two that they really have circled, but I would not be the least bit surprised uh, if 17 is in play for a quarterback because there aren't going to be any taken, you know, maybe before that. Yeah, it's a good call, and I think it gives the Chargers – like they said, the Chargers are in a great spot there. I mean, you could literally pick six different positions and probably be happy with, yeah. with either one. Just pick a Georgia player. Pick a, If you get a Bulldog, it yeah. usually leads to success, right? Exactly. If you're picking for defense, just take one of the Georgia guys. You'll be fine. Take a, take a five-star. Who do you yeah. have cutting down the, the nets? You got, you got a Final Four? Yeah, look, I think it's hard to pick against Gonzaga. I felt the same way last year. I just felt like they were such a great team. Um, at the same time, I love the fact that UCLA is healthy. Like, this is the first time they have been completely and totally healthy all season. Uh, they got veteran guards. You know, they got, you know, with Cody Riley back, they got they got bigs now. They have some size in there that can, that, that they can work for them. So, uh, I, you know, it's just, man, they got a gauntlet of a bracket. The defending champ, Baylor Bears. They got to deal with Kentucky, who's played incredible this year. Even St. Mary's in the second round. My gosh, I think their average age is like 27. And they're yeah. all just gnarly like Australians. Yeah, so um, it won't be easy. And I know it's on the same side of the bracket. Um, but, you know, look, I'm a, I'm a West Coast guy. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for a UCLA-Arizona final. That'd be awesome. You know, make it a Pac-12. Make it, make it the fourth meeting between the two. And let's get after it that's what i got i got i got ucla cutting down the nets against arizona there we go there's like 20 teams that could win this thing though you know 15 10 (sighs) what do you think i usually i usually say there's about three or four and that's usually how it works out you know it's like last year i felt like gonzaga was the runaway winner i was like is there a team that could give them an issue probably baylor I mean, that's kind of how I felt going into last year that it was going to be one of those two teams. I'm not just saying that in hindsight. And that's just so this year, I feel like, you know what? I think Kentucky's really good. Uh, I think Gonzaga is exceptional. You know, Baylor is still a load to deal with. Arizona is so talented and they're big. Um, UCLA, I think, is, is certainly capable. I'm not crazy about Kansas. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I got like five. Maybe I got like five teams that I that I would be willing if I had to put money on it, there's maybe five teams I'd I'd spend I'd put my money on to say, yeah, okay, I'll risk some cash for this. I had a fun assignment on Sunday. I was in Fullerton at this bar, Roscoe's or the deli, uh, and the team was there 
waiting to see who they were going to play. And when Duke came across Duke. the screen, I mean, it's just – It's awesome. It's, it's awesome for these kids because, A, you get the memory of going to the tournament, but you're playing Coach K – and perhaps his last game. Make it his last you, game, man. If Make it his last him, game. Right? Yeah. Titans? 15-2? 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Although I will say, I mean, I, I shouldn't play favorites, but uh, sorry, Titans. I'm a big Long Beach State guy. I've known Dan Monson a long time. I was heartbroken for him. The beach? And for, uh, for Long Beach State. Yeah, 49ers are, I guess, yeah, now they're the beach, right? Um, but, yeah, I was I was really pulling for for Coach Monson to get in there and, and try to work some of his tournament magic again like he used to at Gonzaga all those years. Yeah. All right. Well, all right, man. You got a you got a show to do, right? A little UCLA talk, Mick Madness. Little Mick, little show Mick the Madness show one more today. time for the folks. All right, there we go. There it is, little Mick Madness. It's too bad we can't sell these, right? I'm telling you, man, man they would... I'd be I'd be first in line. Yeah, you, would you be <laughs> first in line at the uh, court appearance when UCLA sues us? <laughs> yeah. yeah, never mind. Never mind, exactly. Bruins. Never exactly. mind. All right, guys, exactly. that's going to do it for us. I mean, we'll, we'll have more free agency news next week. Uh, always love doing this. Every Thursday, this is Chargers Weekly. We'll see you next time.